Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped and turned upside down. So I'm going to take a minute. Just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became a villain and why I don't care. Chapter 1. Rage. Now the hell I'm about to unleash on the world is well deserved. I gotta tell you, I'm past the point of giving a shit if you agree with it or not. That's just the honest truth. See, I know there will be plenty of idiots out there that will swear up and down I'm wrong and this isn't how you handle it. And yada yada boo boo bullshit. I'm done talking and there's not a damn thing I'll allow you to do about it. It started back when I still had hope that sanity and logic could overcome hatred, corruption, deceit, and evil. Last time I felt that was in the hospital, pregnant with my child. Nurse, I'm really in a lot of pain. I told the nurse that just a few hours ago and she promised me the doctor was coming in. I haven't spoken to one since. Can you please, please get someone to help me? I was pleading with the nurse, worried about my baby. Something had been off. Call it a mother's intuition that wouldn't leave me alone. I came in and they didn't seem that they were taking me seriously about anything I said. I was trying to hold my composure so I didn't seem like the angry black woman in the hospital, but I know my body and something was going on. I called my husband Rodney. He'd just gotten off the plane from Afghanistan back home after they gave him leave to be with me for the birth of our baby girl. When he was redeployed, we didn't know I was pregnant. He was ecstatic when he found out, and of course, since he was out of the country, I had to FaceTime video him for the gender reveal. Finding out he was having a girl brought a smile to his face that I'd never seen before. I was already proud of the love we'd started baking in my womb, but seeing that smile when he saw the reveal was worth stopping the world from moving while I cherished the moment in time. Hi, ma'am. The nurse tells me you've been experiencing pain and you're concerned. A tall, wiry-built doctor said with a smile. He stepped into the room, rubbing hand sanitizer into his hand before continuing. How can we help? Thank you so much. I just, I'm having hot flashes. There's a pain in my stomach that just seems off and I'm really worried about the baby. I have a history of incompetent cervix in the family and I know age is a factor so I just want to be... The doctor stopped me mid-sentence smiling as he adjusted his glasses. I can assure you, Mrs. Castillo, your baby is just fine. I did see your chart and the risk associated but I'll tell you in my experience, you people are extremely resilient. I have some other patients to see too quickly, but I promise I'll be right back. Is there anything else you need? We can give you something to help you sleep, he said, as he looked at my monitors and nodded confidently. No, no, I just, can you please, please just look at the baby to make sure there's nothing, ah, ah, I screamed. I couldn't finish the sentence. The pain in my stomach was so intense. The doctor looked up at my monitors, checking to see how elevated anything was, and smiled again smugly. The little one must be ready to get out of there. Feisty one you have on you, that's a good thing, he said, as he whispered to his nurse, half paying me attention. Please, please, I'm begging you, can you just do an ultrasound on my baby? Please, I'm scared. 
I got ready to finish before he interrupted me rather forcefully. Mrs. Castile, I know what you're going through. I do this every day. I am more than sure your baby is okay. We can do the ultrasound, but it's going to add to an already hefty medical bill. And given my experience, I... He tried to finish before I cut him off. I don't give a damn about your experience right now. I know my body and I am telling you something is wrong. Your job is to help me. Help me. Help my baby. I know something is wrong. I yelled as two other nurses ran into the room, flanking the doctor. The doctor whispered to the nurse beside him, who turned to speak to the nurse closest to her in the room. The nurse quickly scurried down the hall while the doctor tried to talk to me again calmly. Mrs. Castile, I promise you, we have your best interests at heart. It's normal to get nervous when things get this close to delivery. Listen, let's do this, he said as the other nurse entered back into the room, red in the face, and handed a syringe to the other nurse. I'm giving you a little something to help the anxiety while we get things checked out for you, okay? Trust me, it's going to be okay, I promise you. He said as he nodded to the nurse. No, I don't want anything to help me relax. I want you to do your... I couldn't finish before a warm rush came through my veins and my words slurred. The room was fuzzy and then dark. I was out like a light. The last thing I saw was the doctor shaking his head before I passed all the way out. I had some choice words I would have said to them if I hadn't been medically accosted. Next thing I knew, I woke up and my mother-in-law was smiling in my face, holding my hand. I groggily smiled at her, happy that at least somebody was with me now to help me with these hard-headed bastards. How, how long was I? When did you? I started. Baby, calm down. I'm here. They told me you got a little bit wild before they put you to sleep. You okay? She asked me, smiling at me in amusement. Mama, now you know I'm not the type to be doing stuff like that. I told them something was wrong. Something was off with the baby and they ignored me for hours. I didn't see the doctor. Then when he did come in here, he ignored me and kept trying to pacify me like I don't know my body. I know my body. I started to get upset again when she smiled. Baby, calm down. She chuckled, then continued. I'm on your side. I'm here now. We can figure it out until Rodney gets here. Phil is on his way to pick him up right now. They should be here soon, she said, holding my hand, reassuring me. Lucky for them, I love my mother-in-law, and hearing that Rodney was almost here gave me an awesome level of comfort. They actually should have been here by now. You know how slow they are when they are somewhere together. Probably ain't even made it to the car yet out there running their mouths about the game coming up. You know there have been reports Jackson is going to be reinstated to play for New Orleans again, my mother-in-law said to my surprise. What? You know how much Rodney loves him some rain. <laughs> You'd have thought he played for them. I said, chuckling as I grabbed the TV remote and flipped through the channels to find the news, hoping to see a report on the story. Yep, Jackson and Terrell Durham. You know Karen Brinkley's nosy ass swears M. Max is in talks to schedule another flight between him and Benjamin Ocellus too in Vegas. The news has been crazy lately, Sandra said as she peeked up at the TV to see what was going on.
We finally found the news channel and I put the remote down while me and Sandra talked and laughed, not paying attention to anything but each other. The nurse that pushed the meds in the syringe came in timidly peeking her head in the door. Glad to see you're feeling better. Is there anything we can do for you? She asked, smiling but red in the face like earlier. I started to say, yes, you can kiss my black ass after I stump your little ass out, Becky with the wet hair ass. The Lord ain't through with me yet, y'all. Don't judge me. I instead feigned a genuine smile, responding, No, I'd just like the doctor to ultrasound the baby so I can be sure everything is okay. She smiled back smugly and stepped a little more into the door before responding, Is the baby's father still coming up? The doctor ordered an ultrasound while you were asleep. It should be ready by the time the child's dad arrives, she said flippantly. Now I'm really working not to choke this woman and have my baby be an accomplice to murder, but she is really pushing it. How is this hoe gonna assume I have a baby's daddy and not a whole husband? I ignored her to try to keep from snatching my IV out and choking her with a cord. Oh my God, those poor officers. I know Sheriff Connors, he's a great man, she said, causing Sandra and I to glance up at the screen. Rupert Inglot was on the scene standing in front of a bullet-ridden car that looked familiar, really familiar. The officers pulled the two men over for failing to signal a lane change in suspicion of a robbery reported in the area. Once pulled over, the victims reportedly got aggressive with the officers and one of them allegedly reached for a gun, at which point the officers fired the deadly shots. Rupert said, as my mind was racing, trying to figure out why the car looked familiar. Sandra, who had been smiling, preparing to take the next bite of her sandwich, dropped the sandwich, looking on in horror at the screen. The ketchup splattered across the floor, leaving streaks as I saw her, and the unease in my stomach kicked up to a level that was suffocating. What? What, Ma, what's wrong? You okay? I asked leaning forward in the bed to try and brace myself up more to use the other arm to extend to her. She killed over as if punched in the stomach and winced and cried aloud. Please, Lord, please don't you do this to me. Please don't you, she said, stuttering, trying to recollect herself, squeezing her arms tightly around her body. She curled up in a ball, sitting in the chair before allowing herself to slowly look back up at the screen. The two men have been confirmed dead at the scene, Rupert continued, as Sandra erupted. No! No, God, no! I can't take it! I can't take it! No! She bellowed out, with sorrow the weight of ten million stars. I have never heard pain so deep. As she screamed, the hospital room exploded with bodies slamming through the door, shocked and concerned. My eyes immediately burst forth into tears as I felt a sharp pain erupt inside my womb. <laughs> I screamed in agony as the doctor pushed through the slalom of bodies encompassing the door. I've got to go. I've got to go get the hell out of my way, Sandra screamed forcefully at the people standing in the way. Mom, mom, tell me what's wrong. I screamed through the agony as the doctor's tenor changed while looking at my monitor. My heart knew. I knew what the problem was, but something in me was praying it couldn't be. The pain ravaged my stomach again as my blood pressure spiked and I started to lose consciousness. You focus on this, baby girl. I'll be back. I have to go. I have to go find Rodney and Phil. I'll be back. Get the hell out of my way. She screamed 
charging through the door through the troop of people trying to get into the room. Mom, please, please, don't leave me, please. I screamed as the doctors moved in. She's coding. Get a crash cart in here now. He screamed at the team. The last thing I saw on the TV before blacking out looked like a young black man in military uniform and an older man with him in a picture. I lost consciousness to the chaos surrounding me in more agony than my body could process. We're losing her! Someone in the room yells. She told us something was wrong. She told us something was... A woman's voice says, before being interrupted sharply. Shut the hell up and hold the area I told you. We don't have time for that shit right now. Get it together. Right now. The doctor snapped at her. I black out again, remembering nothing. A trickle of a memory leaked back in. There's no heartbeat. There's no heartbeat. Shit. Shit. A man's voice whispers loudly, exasperated. She has a history of incompetent service. We can use that to cover our asses if she even attempted to bring any type of case. On top of her age, cool your jets. She can't afford it anyway. She's on Medicaid as it is. She couldn't possibly expect the same level of care as... Never mind. It's fine. We'll just... He continued. And I blacked out again, furious, but too mentally and physically muddled to react. No wonder that crazy old hag went bananas. Pun intended. Her husband and son were the ones shot. They're downstairs now getting the lead pulled out of them. When will they learn? Comply. You don't have to die. <laughs> they wonder why they're treated differently. At the news I just heard, my body flinched unexpectedly. Strong enough to lose a baby and this much blood, but she's still ticking. If she'd put this much work into her lifestyle, she wouldn't be knocked up on Medicaid. <laughs> the same pompous doctor said. I used all my willpower to force my eyes open to attempt to stare a knife through his throat to no avail. No one saw me before one of the nurses responded. What the hell is wrong with you? This woman just lost her baby and you're cracking jokes over her almost dead body? I heard her say, infuriated. I thanked God for her voice, but begged at the same time for him to give me strength so I could snatch his larynx through his chest. The feeling of helplessness was immovable. I was inundated with anger and at the same time paralyzed with crippling fear, weakened with murderous sorrow and strengthened by genocidal rage. The best thing that could have happened for them was for me to die that day. And this was the beginning of me not giving their fuck. Let me explain a little more. You see, not only was my husband on the way home to witness the birth of our baby girl. No, he was on the way to... You know what? Nah, nope. I'll save that for... Anyway, I lost my husband to this system of people who swore they were good people, yet refused and still do to this day to help change it. I lost my daughter because of an evil practice passed down from generation to generation of doctors that still persist today where black women and their pain is ignored for the benefit of white lives and patients at the expense of experimentation, forming racist myths still floating through medical practice to this day. And everybody wants to kumbaya this shit. Fuck that. Then at the trial, my mother-in-law puts her faith in 12 citizens and the just us system. The same things our entire family gave our lives years in service to. We put our lives on the line for this country and in our time of need. What do we get back? Hatred, injustice, empty promises, and the age-old classic bullshit. Thoughts and prayers. Meanwhile, 
these bitches get awarded a not guilty verdict in an open and shut case. And since they were afraid for their lives, the murder of two black service members caught on camera in full uniform, unarmed and not resisting is swept under the rug. Nothing to see here. I'll be damned. You still don't know the full story. I promise I'm going to reveal it all. But first, I'll tell you how this epic started. They took my child from my arms and the doctor came in with the chaplain to console me and apologize for the loss. I stared up at him, hollow inside, and said nothing. I then proceeded to snatch out my IV needle and shove it in the doctor's throat as he stared in shock into my eyes, falling to the floor. I covered his mouth so he couldn't scream before I pulled the IV cord down and wrapped it around his neck. I squeezed with my legs locked around his waist until the vessels in his eyes started to pop. I was bleeding on him. He was bleeding on me, but I'll be damned if he's going to live and my daughter didn't. The chaplain turned to scream for help as I watched the life drain out of the doctor's eyes and satisfaction warned me like a quilt. Maybe it was the justice in his death. Or maybe it was the blood I was losing. I don't know. The chaplain made an utterance once before I hopped up and covered his mouth. You scream? I promise you angels better be in the flesh around you when I come back for you. I strained a whispered and quivering breath into his ear. Tell that bitch of a nurse who helped him kill my daughter. I didn't forget her. She's next, I said, as I silenced the alarms on my monitor, grabbed my IV stand, and walked out of the room into the mostly empty hospital floor. Hey, welcome back to the Super Shorts Podcast. Welcome we tell back. superhero welcome short stories. Hey, we, we've been working on this season four, aka reparations for a minute. Yeah. And uh, we're happy to finally be able to get it out of y'all, man. Like, Gotta make sure it was right, though, bro. Had to make sure it was right. And we got the extremely talented Miss Latrice Young, a.k.a. Distinctly unique. That's a Fiverr profile. We're gonna make sure we put her in the. Um, we're gonna make sure we put her in the show notes so that y'all can go directly to her profile to give her like all the work. Give her possible, all the work. She's amazing. Um, absolutely did a wonderful job. And we job. got a shout out. And we're, shouting out my little brother Marcus Quick, aka Quick Made It. That's who did that insane, the, the insane, insane um, music that you hear in the background. So. Yes, um, we're gonna put him in the show notes. Also, his um, Beat Stars page is blowing up. If you want to get music from him. But we appreciate y'all, and we will uh, see you next week. We hope y'all are ex- as excited for the next week's episode as we are. Peace out. Love y'all. <laughs>